Hi, welcome to One Tree Will, the podcast where we watch episodes of One Tree Hill and then we talk about them. I'm Will and I'm watching the show for the first time. And I'm Abby and boy oh boy have I seen it before. Not once before, probably four to five times before. We hadn't seen the show for a while and it's been like weeks now and it's like what even is going on to this what's even going on with these people? Yeah. So just like I thought we could give like a quick recap of the past eight episodes. Oh, that sounds good. It's also been off the air for like ten years, is mm-hmm. that right? Nathan is with, Nathan is now with Haley. Mm-hmm. Lucas has confessed. Who's with whom? Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm doing. Nathan is with Haley. But I thought we could have a new se- segment. Oh, welcome to Who's, who's with, with whom? whom? Nathan is with Haley. They're study buddies, but also buddy buddies. I winked in it. It was loud in person, but I don't think the mic picked it up. Um, Lucas has uh, made out with Peyton. But when he professed his feelings, he went too far, and now they're they're not together. And as of last episode, Lucas and Brooke had some major sparks flying be- mm. betwixt and between them. Um, Keith is maybe with Karen. They kissed when she went to Italy. They kissed at the airport. Um, but Karen is currently out of the picture. She's in Italy. Uh, Keith is alone. Doesn't know who, who he's with. Whitey's wife is still dead. <laughs> Whitey's wife is still dead. Um, uh, Dan Dan is with Deb. Yeah. Uh, but is Deb with Dan? But is Deb with Dan in this episode? Guess what? We find out. Um, let's see. Everybody. Tim is with Nathan. Tim is always with Nathan. <laughs> Tim, Tim is always with Nathan. Tim is big with Nathan. Big with Nathan this time. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, just for a little um, context... I know you love to hear like what's going on with us. Um, we're still together. <laughs> <laughs> we're still happily together. Yeah. Absolutely no fighting. Okay. <laughs> um, we're okay. This is kind of fun for. It will be a funny episode yeah. when we're like, we um, we have broken up. We're going to continue but with the podcast. We believe in this. We're doing it for our fans. You just said when. You didn't say if. You said when we break up. Well, there's going to come a point where, for the health of the podcast, we're going to need some drama. Yeah, people, yeah, that's and for sure. And when that time comes, Isn't I'll whisper it? the truth in your mm-hmm. ear, but then in public, I'll break up with you. We won't be really broken up. We'll, well, technically, legally, we'll be divorced at that point. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so right now, fun fact about where we're, you will never guess we're recording. The studio where the Beatles recorded. Just kidding. We're in an Airbnb in Bali, Greece. And you're welcome, listeners. We've taken the time out of our paradise schedule to (laughs) (laughs) close all the windows and doors of our apartment. It's very dark and very hot. (laughs) We found the cheapest island that we could and we went there. It's, we highly recommend it. This episode has been sponsored by Bali Grease, and we stand behind this product. Super fun. Um, but, like, you know, we're, like, on, like, f- you know, fun and flirty vacation mode. So even, mm-hmm. who even knows, like, me, you know, Bali's taught me that just, like, you know, just, like, live in it. Maybe this episode will be eight hours long. Maybe we won't even finish it. Maybe we'll start talking about other shows, like Breaking Bad or... It's possible that we'll spend the movie Mona Lisa Smile. We might spend a lot of time referencing what we've learned about Greek culture in like three to four days. Mm -hmm. So 
so yeah, this episode might be three hours because meals just last longer here. Yeah. And there's no rush. There's no rush to finish this recap podcast right now. We're drinking a very fun wine. It's a Cretan wine we don't from know the what, island of Crete. We don't know what it's called, though, because it is in Greek, um, which is both a different language and a different alphabet. Yeah. You know what? Well, I would like a vacation inside of this vacation. And do you know where I want? I want to get on a plane of the imagination. I want to hop on a flight. There's a flight. It's leaving 30 seconds. Well, we gotta it's make leaving. it. We gotta make it. No, we've got to get there at least two hours ahead of time. <laughs> no, we're like at the terminal, but they're closing the gate. Let's go. Let's go. Where does do you it know go? where we're going? Are we going to a small town? Mm-hmm. A town where everyone loves basketball. Mm-hmm. As almost as much as breathing. Mm-hmm. And I and they love breathing. And they love love. Do you know where we're going, Well, Do you want to tell all the folks at home? We have a one-way ticket to Tree Hill. So, episode nine of One Tree Hill, titled, With Arms Outstretched. This episode might be my favorite one yet. Really? Because, well, it's like as an episode, maybe not. Like maybe not if I was watching it and just watching it. But knowing that I get to talk about it, I'm more excited to talk about so many things that happen in this episode. They just it's stuff it with beautiful moments for us to just lay our teeth into. Sink them. <laughs> it's like, oh, scene one, <laughs> scene two. <laughs> I'm like a wolf. <laughs> Tearing we into a deer. We were. <laughs> <laughs> the deer is this episode and, and I'm the wolf. We were at a bar last night where the the TV was just playing footage of a wolf pack hunting a deer and it was, it was really gripping stuff. Really brutal and really sad. But now I'm taking it. Yeah. I'm you know, I'm using my past experiences to help me be a better recapper. storyteller, a better yeah. recapper, and I'm, how many I'm digging wolves, in. How many wolves does it take to make a pack? Two. Two. Me and you, baby. Mm. Those are our wedding vows. All right. <laughs> so um, we start with Peyton and Lucas. It's not, well, first of all, know that this recap in this episode is nonstop. So if you're like, oh, my commute is 45 minutes, I'll finish the episode later. Stop right now and and listen what? to the episode when you have time to do the whole thing. Because the foot goes on the gas. I mean, we're jumping out of the air, airplane. We're not pulling the chute until the episode is over. We're sprinting. We're giving it all we got. It's... Right? Am I right? <laughs> I, I do agree with you, but I think we shouldn't tell anybody to not if you're listen. listening, If you're listening to this while you exercise and you're like, oh, I'm going to do a 30-minute... I'm going to do like a 30-minute run. Turn it into... Turn it into... Run for an hour because you can do it and you're awesome and you have it in you. We believe in you. You're beautiful. Yeah, you're really, really beautiful. You're strong. You're resilient. You're determined. You can persevere. Look at you. You're a titan. You're a god. Run for an hour and know, know that if you do quit after 30 minutes, it's not quitting. You're still incredible and we love you a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't forked out in a year. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll do the thing where you stand sweaty in your kitchen 
and hold a glass of water without drinking it and listen to the the rest of the 30 minutes. Yeah. Every time Will comes home from a jog, he's drenched in sweat and he, instead of just going straight to the shower, finds a way to spend five to 45 minutes just doing other things. Usually it's finishing the podcast that I am listening Mm. to because I'm not yet strong enough. (laughs) Okay. So we're back, you know, we're doing one of those things of most episodes where we start the episode in the hallways or like, they just, this school, if you haven't seen this, this show, the school has, it, you know, it's, it's in North Carolina, so it's warm often and the outside of the school is just beautiful mm-hmm. and everybody's always, it almost has like an outdoor hallway and everyone's always outside. Lots of natural light. Really great. Really great. So Peyton goes up to Lucas and she asks him how asks him how his punching hand is. Cute. Mm-hmm. And basically she's like, I want to be friends. And he says, I want to be your friend too. And they decide we're just going to be friends. But as he leaves, well, and what? Well, go ahead. Just to remind the listeners, the punching hand was because he punched an attempted rapist in yeah. the previous episode. Yeah. For Peyton. For Peyton. Um. And I don't know, so I kind of want to pack this a bit with you, Will. Yeah. But Lucas leaves, and he's all he's kind of like light about it. He's like, yeah, oh, and he leaves. But then Peyton goes from smiling to having like an almost regretful look on her face. We we see her for a moment. She's not playing the game. Mm. Um, it's sort of a moment of longing, I think. Um, and they're, I think it's also it's like they're joking about a serious thing. And they both know it's serious, but they're using they're using jokes to talk about it. And you know, in the previous episode, Peyton says, "I'm sorry for a lot of things." Um, and I think we can kind of take this hallway scene to mean that she uh, she had sort of an idea. She wanted to be with the idea of Lucas, but I think when Lucas really stood up for her in the previous episode and like worked really hard to protect her. And take care of her. Um, she really saw him for who he really is, and is into it. Like she's into it. Yeah, she's into it for sure. She's into it. Um. So then Nathan grabs Haley, pulls her into an empty classroom, and they kiss a little bit. It's cute, and it's just kind of a cute moment. Um, and as they're doing it, there's Will pointed out there's a picture of President Eisenhower overlooking their makeout approvingly, I would say. Yeah, I like Ike. Yeah, Nike likes kisses. Um, and then we're at practice, so we're at the end of the day now. Sometimes television shows can do this, where <laughs> you know they don't show you in real time. So schools happen. Now we're at practice, and Whitey is giving a speech. Don't, don't worry if you have homework or not. We don't have to worry about any of that. No. Not no. yet. Just worry about basketball. Yeah. So Ask your friend for an assignment if you... If you have to. Yeah. So Whitey is um, giving them a speech. They're playing Cove City. Cove this, City Cavaliers. The Cavaliers this weekend. And I think that they're a bad team is what is kind of... He says, if you lose to the Cavaliers, the sun will not rise the next day. So the Ravens are undefeated so far in this season. And Whitey says that he's had a lot of good teams, but he's never in his like 800 years of coaching had an undefeated season. And he says, this could be the first time. The only standing thing standing between you and greatness is one, Cove City, and two, 
yourself. Which is true. But he's also putting a lot of pressure on these kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One time I played a soccer game and we mm-hmm. lost like 22 to 0. And I was the goalie. Mm-hmm. How'd that make you feel? Made me feel like Coast City. That's sort of what I was saying. Yeah, so you were Coast City. We, I mean, I feel like every couple episodes we're like, what, what would you have, what would yeah. living in Tree Hill been like for you? And for me, it's like, oh, I don't live in Tree Hill. I live in Cove City. <laughs> <laughs> so then Lucas finds Brooke in the hallway. And this is, I think, the very first time that he approaches Brooke and not vice versa. He gives her a book. The book is The Winter of Our Discontent by... John Steinbeck. His fave. Haven't read it. And I haven't read it either. Have you read it? Two, three, four. Oh, what did you think? interesting interesting leave a comment (laughs) (laughs) so they're kind of flirty they're kind of back to the flirty thing that they do um but he's like this is the book i was telling you about you should read it and she's kind of like if i do this for you then you get to do something for me i get to take you on an adventure we get to do something fun and they agree when she reads the book then they get to do something fun i need i always forget that that's how friendship works where someone's like hey i think you'd like this book and i'm like okay but i'll only read it if i get to ask you three questions (laughs) my my riddles three Yeah, so she she's up to something. And then she, almost directly to camera, has a moment of saying, like, I never knew reading books could be so fun or sexy. She has a moment where she, she almost looks into the camera, but instead is she's just talking to herself. <laughs> okay, so then um, Dan goes to visit Deb at the cafe, because as a reminder, Karen is gone, so Deb's taken over the cafe, um, and Deb is Nathan's mom. So it's weird. He buys a coffee... And then he immediately insults it, says it's the worst coffee he's ever paid for. Um, and that's when Lucas walks in and, and sees, you know, his father and his father's wife and walks away. I mean, can you imagine? No, can you? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> tell me about it. I just have a great imagination. The only, it's the, my only regret for this is that if he had been holding something it would have been, it would have been a perfect moment for him to look at them throw something and leave so mm-hmm. and what it is right now is he walks in he sees them he storms out if he had been if the actor what should he, directed, what should he have been holding um i think a stress ball would have been really good mm. or uh a half eaten sandwich I was thinking half sandwich. Like some food. Something that gets a little bit messy. Yeah. Um, Maybe like an iPod mini. That's really good. Maybe a handful of ball bearings. (laughs) (laughs) So that when Dan tries to leave, he slips. That's good. Just a lot of marbles. Yeah. Two handfuls full of marbles. Two handfuls of marbles and he leaves. (laughs) He does like the Macaulay Culkin (gasps) face and then he drops a bunch of marbles on the ground. And Dan's like, whoa! Yeah. We would be really fun, really bad directors for this show. Oh, for One Tree Hill? Yeah. I don't think bad. I think different. I yeah. think new. I think fresh. I think unique. I don't think bad. People say jumping the shark, but if we had been TV directors at this time, they'd be like, oh, they really threw the marbles. 
episode <laughs> nine is where they really threw the marbles. Threw the marbles. So um, Dan and oh, so we cut to the night. We're we're cu- cut to the night. That sounds like a Carly Rae Jepsen song. Cut, cut to the feeling. That's why. Dan and Nathan. We cut to the night. That sounds like a Carly Rae Jepsen <laughs> song. <laughs> I want to cut to the night with you. you. Dan and Nathan are eating sandwiches for dinner. Because the wife didn't make any dinner tonight. So Dan um, is basically saying, sorry about your mom. She isn't being herself. You should tell her you're happy because she's worried about you. Great parenting technique. Really good. And then they start talking about the Cove City game. And this is when we discover that Dan set his high score record of 42 points when he played Cove City when he was in high school. And Nathan's like, I'm going to top that. And this is when they're having like a nice father-son dinner. And Dan decides to just blow it all up. He says, you won't top it. Do you want to know why? And I wrote it all down because it's so brutal. Oh, no. It starts brutal, and then he says nonsense words. <laughs> You're not tough enough inside. I got garbage buckets you'll never get because you can't bang down low like I did. Garbage. I think we're meant to understand garbage buckets of toughness because you can't bang, which is basketball slang. For, What's a garbage bucket? Uh, like a garbage pail. Like a trash... Oh, he's it's literally, it's not, he's not talking about like, like a bucket is like when you score um, the bat, the basket. No, I think he's saying, buckets. he's and saying, dirty, I, have, I got dirty buckets, got dirty baskets. I think he's saying, think about how big a garbage bag is. Okay. I have so many of those inside of me full mm-hmm. of like. Okay. I'll say it again and yeah. then I'll let you maybe. Okay. Okay, think about it in terms of basketball metaphors. Basketball, basketball, basketball. No one can bang down. I got garbage buckets you'll never get because you can't bang down low like I did. I've got garbage buckets you'll never get because you can't bang down low. Like I've got garbage buckets that you'll never have. That you'll never get. That you'll never get. Oh, so maybe it is I I got like trashy points that you'll never get. Because he played dirty. Maybe he played dirty. That's probably what it means. You can't bang down low like I did. I played dirty. Bang down low. You can't bang down low like... Use it in a, can you use it in a sentence, Abby? Yeah. Um, the sentence is, I got garbage buckets you'll never get because you can't bang down low like I did. So we're not exact... We're not 100... I wouldn't say we're 100% sure what he means. Um, and maybe what, like, a fun, you know, what you could do is tweet at us. You know, at us. Mm-hmm. We check it about once a week. Uh-huh. And give us your translation of that sentence. Really So helpful. we just want, we, we just want like, like Google translate it for us, put it into our terms. So we're artists, we're podcasters, we're storytellers. Like, so put it in those terms, you know, maybe use. Maybe use um, Google translate basketball to artist. That yeah, that would be really good. Or and then basketball let us know. to podcaster could also work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Deb walks in and, you know, his Dan at this point has been verbally abusing his son. So Nathan walks, Nathan stands up, looks at his mom deadpan, says, I'm happy, mom. Dad loves me. And he walks away. And we see here that Deb and Dan are not on good terms. They're fighting. 
So Deb has just come back from Karen's cafe. And Dan hand, hands her a sandwich and says, should we, should we eat first and fight later? And Deb says, what if we don't fight at all? And Dan responds, oh, what if we don't even eat? And he storms out because Dan loves storming out. He loves it. So then Nathan goes to his room and calls Tim, um, poor man, Zach Efron, and he asks about like his cousin or his brother or something mm-hmm. about getting um, performance-enhancing drugs. Um, and then when he's done, we see how he's brothers with Lucas because he takes like the little ball he was holding and throws it at a framed photo of him and his dad. Yeah. Which isn't a... It's not a basketball skill. It's a uh, baseball. Mm-hmm. It's a baseball throw. So it's overhand um, for people who, who don't watch the show or aren't familiar with basketball. So um, Keith and Lucas are at a pizza joint eating some pizza. Um, and Keith kind of just tells him that Lucas should give Deb a chance. Um, and then Brooke comes over and flirts with Lucas... And then looks um, Lucas's uncle in the eye, smiles, and walks away. Mm-hmm. And we should just say, for this entire episode, Brooke has lost the honest voice that she had in the last episode, mm-hmm. and she's speaking in like kind of a husky affectation that's incredibly hard to listen to. I described it in my notes as Brooke is using a webcam porn voice. Yeah. Kind of like, hey there. I'm just like up all night. I can't go to sleep. What are you doing? Like it's that. It's like kind of like a whispering. Like, but she's, she's, I've, I'm three chapters to go in Steinbeck. I'm so excited to finish it. Yeah, we don't like it. Not big fans. It's so, like, that wasn't fun for you, I'm sure. It wasn't fun for us either, so now we're even. (laughs) Sometimes, like, you know, we know that this is our job. We're getting paid to do this. (laughs) We know this is our job, and we need to watch some of the hard stuff so you don't have to. But sometimes it's hard, and we just want you to share the pain that we felt. Yeah. having to watch and listen to that shit. Well, the experience of this episode was, Abby was like, I can't place that voice. It sounds like something. And so we watched a lot of porn webcam videos <laughs> until we found one. Like, that, oh, that's it. That was it, yeah. So Nathan and Tim. Oh, yeah. So Tim brings pills to Nathan. And he says they're kind of amphetamine. So it's like speed and steroids, something like that. And he tells him to be careful. And then Tim goes, <laughs> Tim, says, <laughs> Tim says, if you grow breasts, I get first peak. And this is when it's, well, you can, you can share your observation. It's well. just, it's just very clear that Tim loves Nathan and I don't think has the vocabulary or maybe the emotional capacity to express it right now. Yeah. So they're practice playing and it's just like one of my favorite parts of this show is whenever they're like playing basketball and you just get like a lot of voiceovers of like here 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 and it's like they're all they're saying is like set it up set it up ball 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 set it up (laughs) um and nathan fouls somebody he gets super aggressive towards whitey and i think the assumption here is that the drugs have made him this way whereas again to my limited knowledge steroids seem like if they're going to affect your behavior and your personality it takes a long time for them to do that 
Yes. So I think the the implication was implying here is that it's it's more like speed or some like you know upper that's just making him really really aggressive, um, and he gets kicked out of practice. Mm-hmm. Practice is over for him. You know, could have been worse. Yeah, he could have been playing a better game of basketball. Oh God, Abby, she'll that's learn the by point, the end right? of the episode. <laughs> so Haley goes up to Nathan. Um, Later, or the next day, and she asks if, if he's okay because Lucas told her what happened, and he's being kind of like tense and just you know distracted. His hand is shaking, and she's like, "Are you okay? Your hand's shaking." He's like, "Oh, it's just like that's what happens when I'm with you." Lies. He said, "My heart is also beating really fast," and he puts her hand upon his heart. And as she leaves, um. He takes another pill. Yeah. But at this point, it's like, this is early in the morning. I don't know don't know why you're taking this pill right now. But he takes it. Mm-hmm. So Whitey goes to Dan's dealership. And basically this whole scene, I'm not going to really go into the details. They both are blaming each other back and forth, back and forth for Nathan's behavior. So Dan thinks it's Whitey's fault for pressuring him too much saying the sun won't rise if they lose, and Whitey's saying, you've been the kind of father that's been pressuring your son his whole life, and they both blame each other. And it, and it seems like this is the best way to solve the problem. So, Yeah. We're left with a very hopeful feeling of the end of this exchange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they finally like come to terms. Like They really hear each other out. They don't. Psych. Remember psych? We're bringing it back because it's... I think it is timely for the show. I agree. So Nathan and Lucas are doing weights in the weight room. And Lucas is trying to help and kind of check in with Nathan. And Nathan is just defensive and ignoring him. Mm -hmm. So then Brooke goes up to Lucas and she's finished the book very quickly. And there was a a few episodes ago we did question if Brooke had ever finished a book in her life. And it doesn't say if she has before, but we now know she's officially, congratulations, she has finished a book. She's got one in the bag. Um, and Lucas asks her if she liked it, and she doesn't really answer. She says, like, she summarizes the book to prove that she wrote she read it, but she doesn't say that. She's kind of like, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> like, it's, like, they don't connect. Like, it's something he loves, and they still don't connect. They're flirty. He's having fun with her, but they're not... Mm-hmm. Um, so she gets him tonight uh, because that was the deal. So they're at a bar playing pool. She has fake IDs that she made from his yearbook photo, which like, whoever her fake ID person is, they got that done quickly. Or she's been planning this for a long time. Fair. Um, so this is when I said she's using the webcam porn voice for the entire scene. It's so difficult to listen to. And this is when she's like, there's a lot of things you don't know about me. And she lists three things. First one is... I love it in the summer when there's heat lightning at night. Up until the fourth grade, I called squirrels squellers, and I love beating boys at pool. So this isn't so many shows and movies where someone's like, tell me something I don't know about you, or someone that's like just describing themselves, and they just come up with a long list of fun facts. And for me, like, if I have to come up with one fun fact about myself... I freeze up. I'm getting anxious thinking about doing an icebreaker 
in a hypothetical situation right now. Yes. I'm I'm trying to think of one fun fact about myself, and I can't think of a single thing. No, I'm like, I'm 26. I'm I... tall. <laughs> I'm pretty tall. <laughs> I do theater. That's it. Yeah. I used to drink lemon juice straight from the bottle. I love the feel of dirt between my toes on a summer night. When I'm out walking, looking for frogs to poke. (laughs) (laughs) So Lucas smiles. He's having a good time. And she's like, oh, he's having fun. He's like, I know how to have fun. And he drinks a big sip of beer. Huge sip. Big ol' sip. Big hearty sip. And they flirt some more. Mm. So then we're with Nathan and Haley. Nathan, oh yeah, because they're tutoring. But they're in her room tutoring. Nathan's pacing. He's, you know, just... Keep in mind he's on drugs. Yeah, for sure. Um, And they start to kiss on her bed. He kind of turns her over and is on top of her. And it's, you know, nice at first. But then once he's on top of her, he starts to unbutton her shirt. And she tells him to stop. And he ignores her. She pushes him off. And she says, stop. He does. She's pushed him off. And she kicks him out. And he tries to be like, no, let's just go back to study. And she, you know. It's like, please leave. Leave. Ugh. And he doesn't, he doesn't acknowledge it. He's like, he acts as if it's, as if she's being unreasonable and she's not. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, like most shows of the time where that's just something that you are expected to forgive. And the show forgives it. So we don't really go back to that scene. We don't talk about it. So then Peyton is drawing and she's going back to her comic where she drew Now We Can't Have It with Lucas, but she's changed it back to Now We Can Have It. So, and she's like looking at her phone. She calls Lucas. Lucas is with Brooke. He sees that he's getting a phone call, but it's from like an out of certain, like he doesn't recognize the number. I think it's because maybe they're in a bar far away. I don't, I don't know. But he doesn't know that it's Peyton. So he decides to not answer it. Mm-hmm. Old school Nokia. <laughs> like one of those old phones where you could play Snake. Like the original Snake on it. <laughs> so he's a little drunk. And Brooke says, what's your take on tattoos? She pulls him into a hallway. She unbuttons her jeans. Yeah, it feels like it's about to be a very different kind of show I guess it is and she pulls down her pants a little bit so you can see her red underwear and right I don't know where like by her hip bone yeah she has some random symbol tattooed on her body Mm -hmm. it's like a character like a we don't know from what vocabulary yeah or from what alphabet or whatever we don't know it's a bad tat. It's a very bad tattoo. And he, she's like, what do you think of this? Oh, God. And he says, I think it's very, very sexy. And then they start hardcore making out against a wall in this bar. Yeah. It's like fun and reckless. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel wrong. But it also doesn't feel like it means anything. Just mm-hmm. like the character <laughs> that Brooke has tattooed on herself. It doesn't feel like it means anything. It doesn't mean anything at all. <laughs> it's just sort of like they're... They decided to have a fun night and making out is just part of it. Whereas with Peyton, they're like, they're two lost souls. 
connecting, finding each other. Through the lips. Yeah. <laughs> so Lucas comes home late. Keith greets him. He's not happy. And Lucas is clearly very drunk. And drunk Lucas in this scene is very fun. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, just a little baby. And Keith is angry as hell. Um, and he says, we'll but, talk about it in the morning. But, so, I think, but I think he, at this point, has like, can see some of the humor in it. He seems pretty angry. I think he's pretty mad, but he also says, like, now I know what my dad felt like. I think there's some empathy in this moment where he's like, now I know what my old man felt like when I came home drunk. Yeah. Where he's, there's a bit of like, oh, you were, I always thought you were a golden boy, but, you know, I did the same thing when I was your age. I almost feel like that comment was him saying, because he's not a parent and he has, he's not responsible this is the first time that he's like solely responsible for a teenager. And I think in his mind, it's like him being like, oh, now I know what it feels like to be a worried parent. And every other time he's he's disciplined Lucas in the show, Lucas has been like, you know, I'm sorry I disappointed you, but I'm doing an incredibly generous thing by fixing up someone's car for free. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> or has like done something. Yeah. But. So we're in the next morning and <laughs> Lucas is changing and he's wearing... A tank and he's hiding his arm with a cloth a shirt I don't know Keith walks in and Lucas reveals a huge tattoo covering his forearm and Keith says what does it mean and Lucas says it's an ancient symbol for fun <laughs> Which is really fun. <laughs> this is when I like tip my hat to the writer of this episode because I feel like it's this writer just had a blast. It's <laughs> like, let's have this guy who like has kind of been this like angel. He's, you know, he's above everybody else. Like he's not a teenager. He's like a little angel sent from heaven. And they get, he chooses maybe the worst tattoo that anybody could ever choose in their entire life. There are a lot of worse tattoos though. Okay, what? Your own face. <laughs> what about I kissed the character Brooke and all I got was a stupid tattoo? <laughs> Lucas and Haley um, are basically recap each other's nights. So Lucas says that he... Which we, as a couple of recap podcasters, <laughs> we love seeing a recap inside of the app we know we're about to recap. So I can't wait for Abby to recap this yeah. recap because... I think she does a great job. This like this scene is like it's new it's nutrients to us. Mm-hmm. It feeds us. It's vitamins C and D. Yeah, it's this moment of us realizing that we're all storytellers. So Lucas reveals that he made out with Brooke. Haley was talking about kissing Nathan last night. Um, she doesn't really reveal that, you know, it ended badly. Um, and they both are kind of accepting the fact that they don't like the people that they're kissing, that the other one is kissing. Lucas doesn't like Nathan. Haley doesn't like Brooke. And this is when Lucas says that he's moving on from Peyton because Peyton clearly is not interested in him anymore. So this is when we're with um, Peyton and Brooke at lunch at the same time. Brooke, <sighs> Brooke goes up to Peyton. She says she went out with Lucas. She reveals that they kissed and then she leaves. All casual, as if she doesn't know that this will hurt Peyton. 
and Peyton we see is very sad. Yeah. It's hard to watch. So Dan um, then brings Deb to a building, an empty building. Uh, it's an, yeah, it's, it's more than empty. It's an abandoned warehouse. It's in total disarray. There are boards on the windows. Yeah. Light is creeping in. Dust yeah. fills the air. Is it li- like it's it's the kind of light where you're like, is that a light or is that a ghost? Mm-hmm. This place is haunted. And Dan, <laughs> necromancer that he is, worker of the dark arts, brings sweet Deb into his spooky haunted house of shit. Um, and I wrote, okay, well, he, he says, he's like starts to describe like a counter here, chairs here. And imagine... Above the door, Deb's diner. And this is when I wrote, wrong move, Dan. So he's basically like, if you want to build a diner, we'll build a diner. And Deb says, that's not what this is about. Speak to me honestly. And Dan says, he's tired of his past being held over his head. So he's turned Deb helping Karen out at the diner into some conspiracy that's completely about and against him. Instead of it just being Deb liking Karen and helping her out, no, it has to be about Dan. He's also turned Deb's gesture into another, like, offensive, another move against Karen and Lucas. Because it would be like a competing cafe. Oh, yeah. That would be so shitty. He's like the best diner in town. It would be horrible, yeah. And it's, it's more alliteration. Dan and Deb's Diner? Come on, Dan. DDD. DDD? More like, don't do it, Dan. <laughs> so, I'm really proud of that. So Peyton, <laughs> Peyton and Haley are at the tutoring center. And Peyton is confiding in Haley because she can't confide in Brooke anymore. So this is when... Oh, Haley's kind of talking about, like, I don't know what Nathan wants. I don't know if he wants a girlfriend. I don't know if he just wants sex. Because if he doesn't want sex, that's not enough for me. If he wants sex. Mm-hmm. You said if he doesn't want sex, that's not enough for me. I said if he just me. wants sex. No. <laughs> if he doesn't want sex. If he doesn't want sex. That's not enough for me. <laughs> she, says, she says if he just wants sex, that's not enough for, enough for me. And Peyton is kind of like, oh, bad experience. And this is when Haley reveals that she's a virgin. And I love, I love this because she reveals she's a virgin and Peyton reacts in the typical like TV show high school way of being like, oh, like expecting her to be embarrassed. And Haley is not at all embarrassed. She very confidently is like, yeah, I'm a virgin. So what? And I love that because that's like very rare in a character, but it's fairly common in real high schoolers to have a 16 year old. Like, not have had sex yet and not be embarrassed by it or feel pressure. Yeah, I didn't kiss anyone when I was 16. <laughs> no, like, it's just, it's this thing that we put on often because of, like, shows. I just like that there's, that yeah. they don't, she says it, she says, so what? And then Peyton lets it go and she lets it go. It doesn't become this huge thing. Because it's not. Yeah. Well, it is and it isn't. It's something to be, like, respected and taken seriously, but it's not something to make fun of. Or view as like a character flaw. I also think it's really interesting that her go-to is bad experience. Kind of as a joke when like she was the victim of sexual assault a 
right. few weeks or like a few nights ago. And it's sort of this moment of like how quickly things are translated so that it, and kind of especially at this time when this episode, came, you know, where it's mm. like it would, it would have been framed of like, oh, that was a close one or like that was a bad night or that was a bad dude mm. instead of like using, I don't know, more serious language to, yeah. to sort of call it what it was, you know? Um, but it also feels like maybe it's a coded way of Peyton, like, talking about it to, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, because Peyton, I don't believe that Haley knows about the sexual assault, and Peyton doesn't think she knows. But maybe that's her way of kind of being like, oh, do we share this? Oh, no, we don't. Mm-hmm. In, like, the real-world version of this. I don't think that's what it is in the show. Yeah, yeah probably not. In the real-world version. Um, and Peyton's just kind of talking about how hard it is for her to connect and find a connection. But you know who does connect in this scene? Peyton, Peyton and, and Haley. Haley. <laughs> Peyton, Peyton and, and Haley. Haley. Yeah, we'll use that one. <laughs> so, Keith and Lucas. Oh, so Keith brings Lucas tape to cover up his tattoo for the game. And they see that it is infected, for sure. So he's like, we'll get it checked. And it's kind of Keith, like, taking on the parenting role a bit more. Not just reprimanding him, but taking care of him. And be like, we'll get it removed. Yeah. Well, I know a guy who can scrape it off. We'll tell your mom you got in a bike accident. <laughs> we'll cut your arm off. Yeah. It'll be fine. I don't think he says they're going to remove it. I think he says they're going to get it. They're just cleaning it, yeah. But remember, nipple rings come and go in this show. <laughs> But I guess tattoos are forever. We'll see. We'll see. So Deb tells Nathan that she can't go to the game because she needs to work at the cafe. Um, and that's really all we learned from that scene. Not that important. And then, okay. It is an interesting moment because she said she does say that she needs to work in the cafe, but the good news is that Haley can go. So I think what it means is that, because otherwise Haley could have worked at the cafe because she's done that before. She's yeah. like worked the place by herself. But it means that Deb thought that her son, she probably took the shift so that mm-hmm. Haley could go watch her boyfriend. Yeah. They haven't used that word yet. Yeah, they're not really interested in labels right Oh, now. sorry. I didn't realize that. That's yeah, well, my mistake. Mm, you're just old-fashioned, I guess. So Haley runs up to Nathan right, be- right before the game, and he is very, very rude to her. He says, leave me alone. She says, why are you acting this way? He says, people are mean, Haley. Life's a bitch. It's basically all he says. And then he walks away. So the basketball game is happening. It's happening right now. People are playing basketball. Imagine it. Squeak, squeak, squeak. Tennis shoes on the floor. Swish. Boonk off the headboard. Oh, click. <laughs> Hit the rim. Boom. It's on the floor. Bounce, 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 dribble, bounce, 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 throw, whoosh. You called it a headboard? What is it? A backboard. <laughs> What's a headboard for beds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking I'm learning what basketball is and then I'm Maybe playing. Well, it's, they're like 24 yeah. episodes in a season, but. Mouth is commentating again. Love it. He calls Dan he who won't be named. Um, so Nathan has been playing really well this whole episode and we find out that he has 41 points. So he's one basket away from beating Dan's record. So he 
scores, but fouls when he scores. So the referee says no point. He and says no basket. No bask. Yeah. Um, Nathan gets very upset. Almost accosts the referee. Calms down. Gets the rebound. Takes the basketball back. Or Lucas, whatever. There's a timeout. It doesn't matter. So Lucas has the basketball. He passes to Nathan because he knows that Nathan's trying to win the record. And we see Nathan get tunnel vision. And he's trying to score. He can't see anything. And he collapses and passes out. It's very scary. We don't know if he passes out. He could have died. Yes. He, he like, falls down, he falls down yeah. unconscious. Yeah. And the, and the last thing he sees is Lucas. Hey, if you like the show, you can spend more time with us on Facebook at One Tree Will or on Twitter. Also at One Tree Will. Or you can make us a Wikipedia page. Um, I think it's pretty easy. Thanks for thanks for doing that. Um, or fan art. If you especially if you're listening to One Tree Will and you don't know us in person, which chances aren't aren't great, but we know you're out there. Um, maybe draw a picture of what you think we look like. Or, or <laughs> I like this. I like this a lot. If you listen to the podcast but you don't watch the show, I would love some fan art of what you think these characters look like. Yeah. You can send those pics to onetreewill at gmail.com or you can tweet them to us. Do we have an email? Yeah, we don't really check it though. We have an email? Yeah, I'll check it after this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and we don't have any sponsors because... Who needs them? Um, <laughs> we do. <laughs> but we'd like to thank uh, a listener for listening to the show because that's one of the reasons why we do it. But Ellen, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. We appreciate your support. Thanks, Ellen. And send us a picture that you've drawn of us. <laughs> it would mean a lot. Bye for now. Enjoy the pod. So Nathan wakes up in the hospital. He's like, oh, what? What What time is it? What happened? What year is it? Who's the president? Is it Eisenhower? No. Uh, um, Dan's rubbing his head affectionately. We find out he was severely dehydrated. And this is when the doctor asks to speak to Dan alone. And he says, there are traces of amphetamine in your son. Um, This is something that... We should look into, I don't know if this was a one-off thing or if it's an addiction, something bigger. Dan gets really defensive, decides to ignore it, and he threatens a lawsuit if the doctor does anything about it. He says maybe you should be more of a doctor, less of a detective. Yeah. Which kind of shows pretty quickly that he doesn't, he cares more about the image of Nathan than his health. Yes. Um, and Nathan is hearing all this, but the doctor and Dan don't know. So this is when Haley runs to the cafe, and we find out that Deb does... She runs to Deb's diner? <laughs> to Karen's cafe. Oh, sorry. I forgot who owned the place. Nice. Thanks. I could never forget. So Haley goes to the cafe thinking that Deb knows that you know Nathan um, was collapsed 
Deb, we find out, has no idea. So she arrives to the hospital, look, you know, because now she knows, and we go to Nathan's bed, and he's gone. So we don't know where he went. Mm-hmm. He might have evaporated. Yeah, we don't because we don't totally know what was wrong with him. We, or what the pills were. We know that he was dehydrated, mm-hmm. so it's possible that he just dehydrated to the point. Because keep in mind that you're 70% water. So if you're totally dehydrated, there's only, what, 30% left of you? I think that's the math correct. Yeah, so it's possible that at that point he was just skin. You know, so but don't, we're, I think that um, if that had happened, a pile of skin would have still been on the bed. Unless it like dribbled down to the bottom of the bed and we don't see it. So we don't basi- basically, TLDR, um, we're not sure what has happened to Nathan. The assumption is he's left, but maybe he melted. Occam's razor, if people are familiar with. So we're at Whitey's office and, <laughs> and we see that they did win the game, but Whitey's very sad. And Barry Corbin, the actor who plays Whitey, is, does a very good sad face where he basically frowns. You know how sometimes you're like, nobody really frowns when they're sad? Barry Corbin does. Um, and also, I don't know if this is an, his IMDb pick, but it is the picture that shows up like on Amazon when you look at the phone. But like his, his headshots is really good, and I highly recommend looking it up. Mm-hmm. So Keith walks in. They're drinking whiskey again in the office with Whitey. Very cool, very cool, very cool. And this is when Whitey kind of reveals that he believes he's part of the problem. So we don't know what he's going to do. Doesn't he also describe himself as the... Uh, what? The most unfortunate or the saddest man in the world. Yeah, like the saddest son of a bitch in the world or something like that. Yeah. But then Keith is like, well, Luca's got a tattoo on my watch. And Whitey's like, oh, that's worse. You're right. That's worse. Yeah. So Deb and Dan come home fighting. They like open the door and they're already fighting. Dan, no, Deb is really upset because Dan did not call her when her son almost died. And they don't know where he is. And she blames Dan for all of it. Dan is mad because Deb, he believes, isn't in Nathan's life the way that he is. And that's when Deb calls him a smug son of a bitch and kicks him out of the house. And she says, pack a bag and get out or so help me God, I will stab you in your sleep. And Dan goes to leave. And before leaving, because he always needs to have the last fucking word, he turns around and he says, do you really think Nathan would choose you over me? It's a very intense, very dark scene. And he's got this red leather (laughs) suitcase that looks like the bag of the devil himself. It looks like a loot... Looks like Lucifer was like, "Oh, I'm I'm going to the beach, trying to pack my bags." Oh, I can't find my suitcase anywhere. That's because Dan has it. Your son. Your son. Danifer. We're good. Saint Dan. <laughs> Haley. So Haley's in her room. She's on the phone calling Nathan, trying to find out where he is, and he shows up in her doorway. And she says, how are you? And he says, I'll try to... Can you do the impression of him? (laughs) 
since his fall, he's his voice has changed. It's very weak. Yeah. It's clearly, like, physically weak. Do you want to be him or Haley? I'll be him. Okay. Nathan, how are you? Not so good. <laughs> was that pretty good? That was really good. Yeah. They hug. I made a lot of mistakes. And sometimes because of my dad. Sometimes by choice. And this is when I wrote that I moved. Yeah, Abby was visibly moved. Which I didn't, I don't want to be. Because he does so many shitty things, but the show wants you to move, be moved, so I'm moved. It's, I, th- I honestly think it's because his voice is so pathetic. Yeah, it's really raspy. The, and, you, and you believe yeah. him. You believe that he really, he's not blaming his dad for the choice he made. He's it's mad the, at himself. It's maybe the first time in the show he's admitted his mistakes. Yeah. And he's in, yeah. When he isn't trying to get back together with Peyton. Correct. Because he has done that a couple times. So then he but says... But not with his voice. Go ahead. Not with his voice. His voice is new, which means he's a new man. So he talks about collapsing in the I moment collapsed. of collapse. When I collapsed, I saw... He says, I was scared. Yeah, you, you're good too. No, you got I was scared. And I saw you. I promise, if only I could just get up, walk over, and to tell you how much I need you, how much I want you, then nothing else matters. And they kiss. Yeah. And this is, this is the first time that I believe him. Yeah. And I am moved, and I don't want to be. But I am. I don't want. I, well, I don't want to be moved right yeah. now, but I am. She's frowning like Whitey. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. But it's just, you know, they they want you to like Nathan and Haley, so I like them. It works. It worked. Okay, Mark Schwan. It worked. I Thanks, get it. Mark. Ugh. You just accept. Here's the thing. I don't. I don't remember the details of what happened next episode. To me... I have a pretty good idea what's going to happen. You have a good idea? Yeah. Do you want to sh- no, share it now? No, we'll do it at the end. Okay. So... But, I'm, but I just want to say, a yeah. lot of my predictions in the past have been like kind of goofy, or I like... Um, or I, or about Jake Jaglowski. About Jake Jaglowski, and I... Anyway, but I think I'm, I'm getting how the show works, and I'm getting a better mm. a grasp on it, and I'm... Um, you know, just independently, I'm like working on like spec scripts and stuff, and I'm like finding the voice for the show. I think. Um, so any anyway, yeah, I like all jokes aside. I think I'm figuring out how. It but works, you so. don't want to share your prediction now. You want to wait. No, because Abby, it's good to keep people right until the very end, mm. right until the bitter end of the podcast. Got it. So That's good. I'll, yeah, and I think a lot of people. I think there there's a surprising number of people tune in just to hear their predictions. Surprisingly, I think so too. Um, so I like to make them wait until the last two minutes or so. Okay. That makes sense to me. Um, yeah, so that's that scene. Do you? How did you feel? Do you? How do you feel about Nathan and Haley at the end of this scene? Um, Where are you at? I felt overwhelming dread. Whoa. I didn't want the door to close. Later, like in the final montage when we kind of wrap it up with everybody, Nathan and H- Haley's standing by her door, Nathan's sitting on the bed. He says... Can I stay with you for the night? And she closes the door. Meaning that he's going to stay with her. And we know that her parents are out of town. 
Um, but we don't know anything beyond that. No, we don't know anything beyond that. I think I just understand and believe that he's feeling and is kind of pitiful in this moment. And I really like Haley. And I still don't like Nathan. Yeah. Even though I do feel sorry for him. And I'm glad he's like getting better. But I don't want him to be with Haley right now. Because of how he acted earlier in the episode. That's completely fair. And I don't think he's... Uh, I think he needs more time to change and anything that would I don't yeah yeah I'm yeah. just nervous I'm nervous yeah to me this is a turning point where it's it's kind of depends on what he does next episode because this could be the actual we keep thinking he's had these like mini little like I'm changing but like I've never bought it but this is the first time where I'm like this could be the moment. This could be the dark night of the soul. Where he's like, where he starts on a different path. But if next episode he yells at her once or does anything shitty, I'm done. Except I won't be if they manipulate me into feeling something again. <laughs> yeah. But t- tell him what happens after this. I'd love to. I don't want to. I don't want to, Will. Don't make me. You have to. We promise. Don't make me. We promise that we would, we would recap every episode. <sighs> even when it got hard. Even when it's it wasn't so fun or funny. Or maybe even fun. interesting. We said that we would recap it. Mm. I hate this. I hate that I have to deliver this to other people. I hate that I need to tell them. I hate it. Peyton goes to Lucas's. She's standing in his doorway. I wrote down big chunks of the speech. Not the whole thing, but this is the gist. She says, I made a mistake. I got scared and I pushed you away. But the truth is, I want all the same things you want. I do. And I want them with you. And right after her speech, Brooke walks in wearing Lucas's sweater Saying, hey, superstar, are you ready to score? And then she sees Peyton. And Peyton sees Lucas. And Peyton sees Brooke. And Brooke sees Lucas. And Peyton goes to leave. And that's when Lucas says, Peyton! And Peyton stops. And she looks back at Lucas. And Lucas looks at Peyton. Then Lucas looks at Brooke. And Brooke looks at Lucas and is like, what the fuck? And then Peyton and Lucas look at each other. And everyone's looking at each other. And while everyone was looking at each other, we hear the voiceover of Chad Michael Murray saying, What a frightening thing is the human. A mass of gauges, dials, and registers. And we could read only a few. And those perhaps not accurately. And that's the end of the episode. And then the little next episode thing on Amazon Prime <laughs> moves at frightening speed, and we dash to pause. Yeah. All right. What's your prediction? Are you familiar with like a bottle episode? Yes. <laughs> you can think you... episode ten of the first season is going to be a bottle episode? Yeah. Can you describe <laughs> what a bottle episode is? Sure. So a bottle listeners? episode. Um, often you do it when you're trying to like stay basically not use any of your budget so you film the entire thing in one pre-existing location it often only involves a few of the characters 
and it's like close to in real time where they're stuck in one single location and it feels a little apart from the rest of the narrative like a tiny respite right i think episode 10 by this point they had already filmed it because i think the next episode is just going to be the ending that you just described (laughs) for 45 minutes do they speak they do at the end Okay. <laughs> but it's 45 minutes of them kind of like standing in silence. And everyone, every once in a while, a car will drive by outside and the lights will sort of beautifully mm. light up the walls, you know? Does Keith come home? Uh, Keith comes home. <laughs> I mean, he kind of like pretty quickly realizes what's going on and he just goes, <laughs> Excuse me. And he like, Tiptoes through, and then Lucas is about to say something, and then Keith comes back in. And is like, "Sorry, I, uh, I just need to grab." Uh, and he like gets a couple a frosty. He gets a frosty from the fridge, and he leaves. And then he comes back, and it's like kind of a visual gag as he like gets a couple more. Um, um just to yeah, just to clarify, this was your like very earnest, serious <laughs> prediction you were talking about earlier. Yeah, psych. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Um, do you have a prediction of who he chooses, if anybody? Um, I think ultimately, whoever Lucas chooses, he needs to choose himself. Mm. Good. But I think this new Lucas is more interested in having like um, just a, you know a little bit of ancient symbol for fun. Oh yeah. Well, maybe then... I think the ne- my prediction for the next episode is that Lucas finds a bacchanal and has some ancient fun. I like that a lot. And I think in that moment, the symbol on his arm lights up yes. and starts to glow. It like comes out of his arm and like starts talking to him. And he realizes that if, with a pure heart, he touches his new tattoo when it's glowing like that, he can have some fun. <laughs> all you haters out there didn't think we could recap episode nine but guess what we just did yeah and i think we did it pretty well yeah dad <laughs> <laughs> i think that it was loosey-goosey just like the episode i think it was hard and fast just like the app you know i think it was jump 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 here we are 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 like we should also say that i think that Abby we took were, well we did take podcast amphetamines well yeah and we were on them for the entire app. Mm-hmm. And I kept taking more. Even when I was like, that's probably too much. That's too, mu- that's too much amphetamines. And now we're going to go pass out on the court. This has been One True Will. Thank you for listening. You're great. You're the best. You're a winner. You're a star. Oh my God, we forgot a huge thing. Whitey leaves the gym. When am I going to write that? When am I going to say it? Okay, huge thing. Whitey is leaving the gym and he closes the door. And on the door of the gym is a sign, a handwritten sign that says basketball canceled until further notice. Will? What are we going to do? What are we going to watch? Because this is a really big deal for you. Because what are the cheerleaders going to do? love basketball. I love basketball. And it seems like in the next episode, there's not going to be a lot of it because it just got canceled by Whitey. Like that's like you keep asking for more basketball, and now he's saying. And no. they just keep taking it away from me. Yeah. Yeah. 
<sighs> well, I'm hoping that for everyone who's listening to the podcast, even though Whitey says that basketball is canceled, there have been a lot of cases recently where if fans can really band together, <laughs> they can bring back things that have been canceled. So I'm really hoping that. Yeah. You know, let the people let the people hear your voices. Let yep. them know how much you love this sport in this show, and I think they'll bring it back. Thank you all for listening to us talk about a show we so far really love called One Tree Hill. This podcast is called One Tree Will. I'm Will from the podcast. And I'm Abby from the podcast. And just remember... I've got garbage buckets that you'll never have. And no one can bang down low as hard as I can. (laughs) That's close. Really close. By memory, that was pretty good. (laughs) 